Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Wild of Disney podcast. I am here on this beautiful recording on, I believe it's Tuesday, with my friends David and his son, John David. What's up, fellas? Great to see you. Hey, Dustin. How you doing? Doing fantastic, John David. Great to have you back. We missed, did one without you. Yes. We we (laughs) did a duet for a while, back to the trio. (laughs) We missed you. There you go. There you go. I'm happy to be back. Interested to see what you guys have been watching, see what you guys have been up to. Well, we're in the middle of summer movie season, right? And this is exciting. Yeah. We just had Lost World came out this weekend. I haven't seen it. Y'all seen Lost World yet? No. Have you any of you? I have not. No. Have y'all seen are y'all caught up on movies or, or are you just are you still catching up like like me? We've been here uh, here and there kind of going around a little bit of, you know, your Disney Plus or Obi-Wan, which I'm excited to hear y'all's take on. Uh, but the big thing that we watch that we've enjoyed so much is this new Top Gun, this new Top Gun Maverick uh, movie that everybody seems to be talking about. Yeah, uh, I, I, David, I've, I've heard it's incredible. I haven't seen it, but y'all can talk about it. It's not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I agree with you. I, I finally saw it. I'm one of these people, like, on the big movies, like the big Marvel. I'm like, y'all, you want to go yeah. the first weekend or else you hear spoilers. And then there's other things, too, about going to a good thing. You know, if you don't get it the first two weeks, they start moving it down. The other stuff comes out, and they get the good mm-hmm. theater, and the that movie moves down to a smaller theater, and the sound's not as good. You want to check it on the IMAX. So I really wanted to see it, but my schedule this summer has been so busy that mm-hmm. I, it was two and a half weeks after opening when I saw it. Finally, I did get to see it in a great theater, though. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it is the movie of the summer so far. Like, yeah, it's it surpassed every expectation. And um, I would say well, up there with the hot, best sequels of all time. It's definitely in my book better than the original Top Gun, which is yeah. saying a lot. Yeah. Um would you agree, John David? Did you love it? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy the first one, um, but this second one just seemed to have such more of a story and a reason behind it, uh, which is really cool. A little couple of callbacks to that nostalgia. Um, but I was like you. I was really skeptical. Of course, you kind of get those sequels every once in a while, these big blockbusters, and you're like, okay, is there really a story here? Or are they just pulling out money? You know, so I mean, I, I remember seeing the trailer for the first time in the movies. I don't remember what I was seeing, but I was like, oh, this just seems like one of those typical, you know, they're just trying to get a little bit out of it. But now all these stories have come up of Tom Cruise with these stories of um, back when he was making other movies, he was thinking about this sequel and, you know, about these scenes that they're going to shoot. And you can see it in the movie about just how well it was planned out. Um, and things like that. So I would definitely agree. It's definitely on the, that top list of my favorite things I've seen this year, for sure. That's awesome. You know, the other part about it, too, is let's talk for a second about summer movies, just in mm. general. Yeah. Like, there was a time pre-pandemic, and not even pre-pandemic, like a long, before streaming, before all of that, um, probably maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, when su- the summer movie was it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like th- th- every studio would roll out their big budget blockbusters to come out in the summer. And one of my favorite things to do, I used to be like an avid moviegoer, right? Going to it, th- I'd go by myself, like in college. Like it was no big deal. I would just, I would go see everything, especially mm. in the summer. But there's something about the summer movies that they're just over the top. They're over marketed, they're hyped to no end. And many times, you know, it meets it and it's fun, but a fun summer movie that delivers, man, when I think all time of those things, obviously the Marvel stuff, you know, they've had some hits in the past, but those, those really came, I'm talking about Marvel, like back before streaming was huge, like the original Avengers, right? You know, that's, that's a decade ago or more than that. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of another era where if you wanted to see something big, you're going to a theater and you're buying the popcorn and you want the full experience. And I always wanted that. Um, I wanted to, it was very important. I, I mentioned seeing it in a good theater. We have a local movie theater here that I don't go see movies at because I know there's only one theater. It's a 10 multiplex. There's only one of them that has decent sound. Right. And even it, it's subpar to some of the bigger chains that in the bigger cities, because I live in a small town. 
So I'm driving an hour to go see movies or waiting till I'm, I'm visiting a bigger city and planning weekends around release dates to go up. Hey, we're going to Lexington. We're going to hit Nashville and you know see this one at the IMAX. That's really important to me. And I will gladly spend the extra money and now pay $5 a gallon in gas to get up there <laughs> to get this experience because I wanted it. What do you guys remember of some of the biggest, best summer movies that you've seen? And I don't mean just like recently. I mean like all timers for y'all. Yeah. Gosh, anytime you say just uh, crazy, awesome theater experiences, I mean, of course, my mind goes right to Marvel and like the Infinity War experience of me and my buddies were in high school. And I think it was right at what it was probably like a May, a May uh, show where it just came out in May. We were probably finishing up our finals and stuff like that. We had one buddy who was older than us, so he could get to the movie theater. This was before you could reserve your uh, you reserve your actual seat for the movie theater at this theater. So he got to the movies at like three hours before. He was in line. We get, right when we get at, well, done with our last test, we rushed to the to the theater to get in line with them. Literally three hours before, and there's just like this line of people because it's the first showing of Infinity War, and uh, you know you get into the theater, you get that perfect seat, and you're in the great. Uh, audience who everyone's the oohs and the ahs and the and the great experience with that um so it's hard to not think marvel when i think of my best theater experiences so that's definitely what comes to mind first <laughs> david what about you well i was just laughing because uh when you it, I, I know that what you exactly what you were talking about but you made it sound like Exf uh, infinity war was like something from the past and that still feels <laughs> to me that's well, feels brand new but you're right that it was we could even even just then we did not have our theater didn't let you uh book your seats in advance that's kind of something that's just within the past uh five years i guess but uh yeah that's well, that's hard to believe but anyway in in my lifetime in, in my lifetime it was a long time ago because when you think okay i was probably a junior in high school now i'm a junior in college yes well that's a big that's, that's a big league. A big difference that's exactly yeah. right that's 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 why i smiled because i know that feeling of how four years feels like a long time at one age and four years feels like yesterday at another age. But yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, I, I, I was just, I, I saw something recently said that uh, Jaws from uh, like 1975 or 70, was it 75 or 77? That's really considered like the first summer blockbuster that kind of kind of launched this kind of yeah. I was kind of mm. thinking I thought it was uh, before I saw that again, I was thinking it was probably like one of the first Jurassic uh, park movies, but, uh, you know, I, it's because I, because a lot of that, I mean, it did, it was there when I was in high school. I don't, I don't really remember thinking about movies in summer the way you do, but I, I, I can identify with that with the Marvel and the, the Avengers, but that was really more centered around my kids and what we were all going to go see. You know, Thanksgiving's always been a big family uh, movie weekend for us. We holidays always yeah. went to mm -hmm. see something over Christmas. But always, so summers were so busy. Like getting all all of all of us in one theater at in the summer was a little. Uh, I don't think of it quite the same. But I I, I I know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah. For me, I remember specifically as a kid being so excited to go see Jurassic Park. That was nineteen ninety three. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I was a young teenager. Just drop me off at the theater. We'll go see this. Um, I remember Back to the Future 2, I believe, was a big, big one also. One, I was a little too young. Yeah, I was I was still like in elementary school. So it kind of I loved Back to the Future and saw it. But and I might even saw it in a theater, but it wasn't like I didn't know it was coming. You know, um, I'm trying to. I, um, but Jurassic Park was a big summer movie. I was excited oh, yeah. about Uh the Avengers actually more recently, but that is was 2012. That was that was actually 10 years ago. I just looked it up. It was. That was that was there huge and a big a big movie. I was looking forward to. I remember another one. Um, was Star Wars? Was Star Wars? Star, okay. The I just looked up the original Star Wars was a summer movie. That's what I, I did. Uh, I don't know I did if all think of them that. were. I did think that because I remember that's how so many people went back and saw it over and over was because we were out of school. Yes, and and believe it or not, if you remember, um, Iron, the original Iron Man. Now, I didn't. That wasn't on my radar, like as much as some of, of as the Avengers, because it kind of built up. But it was sort of the first first one that was two thousand eight. So that's four years before 
you know, um, for, before the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So that was a big, a big summer movie. Then you had the Pixar releases, right? Um, yes. There was always, it seemed like for a, a period of time, there were so many Pixar, every year there's going to be a new Pixar movie um, from Toy Story to um, yeah. Finding Nemo to Wally, you know, all of those, you, you can't miss uh, Pixar we're movies. To, those we're were about huge. to get another one. About to get another one here, Lightyear, pretty, pretty That's shortly. That's right. That's on Lightyear fr- coming on Friday. Out. They actually, on Friday. this is a good time. Did you guys see they just released, uh, they're f- doing the first reviews for it? Have you guys seen any of these reviews yet? I stumbled on one accidentally on, on Rotten Tomatoes when I was looking up something yep. else. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I follow Rotten Tomatoes on some social media platforms. It, it's certified fresh um, so far. I think it's got an 81%, which it's really hard to know when it's only has like you know, 20 reviews or something like that. Um, But some good things so far. I think some people are saying it's really good. It's probably not the best Pixar thing you've ever seen, but it's a good movie and and you'll enjoy it. Um, So it's good to just just see some, some positivity, you know, okay, this is, this is a pretty good movie. I'm I'm so excited to see it. We talked earlier on some earlier podcasts about our, I think it was like literally our 20, 22 like what are you most excited for and light year was up on the top of my list so i'm pumped for it yeah it's good that it's finally here it seems like it's taken forever yeah so absolutely um I, i'm pumped about light year as well and that opens i think that opens this coming weekend Fri- if i'm not mistaken the, the right? official date's this friday the 17th but i guess it's probably out coming. on thursday but yeah that's usually how it works now. The official date and plus mm-hmm. plus three days before to get that big <laughs> holiday opening weekend number. Up. We've had we've yeah. had such good uh, good success at going on Thursday because there are just so fewer people there. We you know it's a it's fun. That's a good call. Have a lot more. A lot I, more I wonder. Space. I wonder though. Usually, the you know Top Gun Maverick I think is 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 the big movie of the summer. Right. It's it's probably put the stake in the ground. You know, you've had others, I think, to, there's always one movie that just dominates, just the one everybody thinks about and sees over and over. You know, the original, uh, I say the original, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, I remember mm-hmm. being like that, because it just kind of, it met the hype, and it was so good that everyone wanted to see it again, it sort of just dominated. Um, I remember, and I was going through this list of top um, summer movies of all time, and it's, you know, you were right, David, didn't Steven Spielberg do the original Jaws? yes. Okay, he is the master of the summer movie because the number one, (laughs) E.T. was 1982. Yeah, that was what Um, I remember. Then you had the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies, um, all Mm. the Indiana Jones movies, summer movies, and that's all Spielberg and his creation, Um, even Saving Private Ryan, um, uh, big summer movies. That's what Spielberg does. And I Mm. kept going like, I remember being so excited about movies like Independence Day and Men in Black and just some that aren't franchises now but weren't at the time that were usually built around um, someone's stardom, right? Which was kind of cool. Like Will Smith was getting huge from from Independence Day, from this TV show, and then Independence Day hit. And then Men in Black hit. And it just kind of raised his stardom up and up. And remember, I remember, remember The Fugitive with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that movie, too, was one of the, there's like the next tier of not blockbusters, but the tier of movie that comes out in the summer that just surprises everybody that becomes great. What are, do you have any like that that you remember that just kind of like, hey, I didn't realize this would be such a big, any Disney movies that came out in the summer that you can remember that would fit that category? Or, or maybe, mm. no, what I really, Gosh. what I really think back on, like with those Pixar blockbusters is that you, you were surprised that it was so good. Like you didn't think they could yeah. Do another movie, and I think that's one of the the challenges now. That I mean, when you when you get this many movies going, it's it's hard to top yourself every time, especially because every story is not meant for the for the for the big audience. Like some some movies mm-hmm. have a, a, a narrower uh, focus group, and so it's it's hard for everything to build up to the same to the same mm-hmm. level as things. I think some of the things did back then. But it, I, I yeah. totally agree. It's yeah. hard to hard to keep that that winning streak going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we've seen that. But I, I just pulled up just for fun the seventy five best blockbusters of all times. I'm in the top fifteen. Let me read you: Ratatouille, number fifteen. There you go. Iron Man, number fourteen. These are just the Disney entries. Wally, number thirteen. Jaws, number twelve. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part two, number eleven. I realize that we think of Harry Potter always releasing 
in um and around Christmas and the holidays, right? I do anyway. Mm-hmm. But there there were a few. Uh, this one here, I guess, was a summer movie. Didn't they release part one and Christmas and part two in the summer? Is that how it worked? I can't remember, but that sounds good. <laughs> uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, number ten, and uh, Star Trek: The the JJ yeah. Abrams reboot, number nine. The Dark Knight, wow. forgot about that. That was 2008 also, number eight. A lot of big movies in 2008. Mm. Um, Finding Nemo was 2003, but number seven on this list. Up, another Pixar. Dude, Pixar's dominating this list. Mm-hmm. Um, Alien, 1979 with Sigourney Weaver. Wow. I forgot about that. Toy Story 3, number four. They have Inside Out, number three. Then they have, oddly enough, Mad Max Fury Road from 2015, number two, and then E.T., number one. So of these... Of Rotten Tomatoes list of the top fifteen, what are like seven of these are Pixar those movies? Were quite a few. It's wow. crazy, but they're those are the best of Pixar. I will say, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that's some that's a that's a big list. Well, and all mm-hmm. of the all of those too. When you look at movies like Ratatouille and Wally, you knew the premise going in. They were like, it's about a rat that cooks, and you're like, what? <laughs> or it's about a robot who's on a planet all by himself. Yeah, and you're what? And so you go, and then you really are surprised because it's the premise didn't sound like something you would normally go. Wow, that's what I gotta see. They they mm-hmm. they you know they do something that's completely above and beyond your expectations. So sure. So do y'all plan on seeing Lightyear this weekend? Are y'all trying gonna try? Probably Gosh, so. That's a good question. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah, Lightyear, and then the other um, movie I'm really looking forward to is this new Elvis movie. I don't know if you oh, guys guys seen anything about yes. that. Oh my goodness! Uh, they've been showing some clips of like the casting for that and stuff too, and it has Tom Hanks in it. So you already know if Tom Hanks is going to be a part of something, it's going to be more than decent. Uh, but I am so excited now that people again. Once you get those first reviews and it's already positive feedback of this is worth watching. I literally just saw a clip of, of Elvis Presley's actual daughter say something like, you know, they've, people have tried to make a lot about my father and stuff like that and do a lot of uh, movies and things such as that, but this does it right. So you just get a little goosebumps of, okay, here we go. Like this is going to be something uh, worth watching and, and be exciting. So I'm excited for that too. After Lightyear, are there any other? Uh, we got Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, that's right. That's gonna be that's gonna be big. That's, I think that's, that's is it that month, July Fourth yeah. weekend. I think it's a little bit later. I thought it was like mid July, but you might be right. I think it's yeah. like July. Let me look. I'm looking it up. Um, yeah, it's July seventh like, or eighth, maybe. Like, yes, I think you're right. July seventh, yeah. eighth, that weekend. So at weekend after July Fourth, the eighth. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know that's going to be exciting. The other thing I was going to say was just that. The when I think of the big blockbusters, it's what happens is when it's a major blockbuster is when the critics are scoring it in the nineties and the audience is scoring it in the nineties. There's not this, mm. hey, the critics gave it an eighty, but the audience has given it sixty, or the audience loves it, but the critics don't really, you know, it's gonna sell yeah. a lot of tickets, but it's not gonna have the accolades. But man, when they all when it all hits just right and everybody goes crazy for it, that's that's when it's really satisfying. So, yeah. Well, I remember we've done on this podcast, you know, kind of year review things, and Disney through the pandemic had all the biggest movies, like of the top ten grossing, would have like seven or eight, and now and right pre pandemic, it would be all those Marvel movies, especially the the end game and the you know kind of the wrapping up that chapter of of that phase of Marvel was so huge. Disney was dominating what the other studios, it's kind of, it kind of escaped me a little bit, but it seems like, you know, Top Gun Maverick is a great example. You know, Paramount held that. And that's been, that was supposed to come out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And because of the pandemic, they held all their big movies. And I think we're seeing now, you know, Universal's got some big stuff and, and some of them went direct to HBO max and direct to streaming like Disney plus did with some of their movies. Um, I think we're starting to see, we're back to, back to business as usual and and it doesn't seem like of the i mean you had spider-man back and i think that counted like last year you know because that was in december and um you have light year what am i what am i missing what are the big disney movies uh, thor is coming out yeah um we had dr strange dr strange that's the, yeah how am i forgetting yeah. dr strange yeah that mm-hmm. was a big big one too mm-hmm. yeah but I, I think all the studios are now like shooting all their bullets 
out of, mm-hmm. instead of just Disney having a free run of the run of the house. Yeah, for sure. I love how we're talking about reviews. The thing I'm itching to hear y- y'all's opinion about is this new Obi Wan. Uh, we've seen so many reviews on that. I've read a couple. They've it's got me scratching my head on what everybody thinks. Uh, what? Okay, so you guys have seen Obi Wan, right? We've seen, yes. We're all caught up on Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because let's yeah. talk about that because yeah. actually, in a weird way, Obi Wan released end of May. Mm-hmm. Going into the okay. summer, yeah. I, so, I think that is an interesting thing. Also, mm-hmm. um, it kind of has a summer movie marketing push to it, right? Where they release it, they're going up against people being out of school and on vacations and things like that. It's it's an interesting choice of when to release it, and I'm curious y'all's take as to now having seen it before we get into what we think and, and reviewing yeah. it, which I have we have lots of thoughts on. What mm-hmm. do you think now, given just extending the conversation we had about when it was released, yeah. having seen what you've seen, do you think it was a good strategy on their part? Or do you do you find that it's getting the attention that it deserves or the right attention? Oof. I'm not, it's hard to it's hard to, to comment on that without really diving deep into the actual show and how well, I you feel about the show. You, you don't have to separate um, it. Jump right in. I feel like, when, I mean, we're talking about like Top Gun talking about all these great like summer hits that are coming in and out. We also just had Stranger Things, which is getting a ton of publicity and things like that. And they did a, a unique thing on Netflix where they released uh, the, the full part one, which it's like, uh, what, like six, seven, eight episodes or something like that. And then on July 1st, they're doing a part two. So now it's, they have people intrigued and now it's going to keep coming. So I feel like with Obi-Wan like that, you if you're going to be bold and do a summer you know, we're going to release this in the summer, in the peak of summer, then it's got to be really good if you want to get the publicity from the people that you want to get. Um, so maybe that's a little hint at, it, at it's being uh, a little underwhelming in, you know, the storyline or something like that. Uh, I've personally enjoyed it, um, but it's definitely not been the most, oh gosh, I've got a post about this, you know, every every. 10 minutes because there's just so much jam packed going on right here. Um, so that's what I think plays a big part into it. Really. I think that one thing that I thought about is with Obi-Wan is that, and I, I hadn't really thought about it in the context of a summer movie released, but it's also, it's also falls in kind of the sequel category. It's like when Mandalorian hit, uh, one, it was a different time and, and, and people, it, it wasn't, that wasn't a summer release, right? Wasn't that a, a, a winter release? And and so yeah. when that hit, um, you know, it was a great way for, for people to get content in the home. But the also, we had new, we had really new characters. There was the fas- fascination with Grogu. We've got Baby Yoda. People are very attracted to that character. And so it had this, it did have that summer blockbuster kind of feel to me because everybody was talking about that. And then, then when they released Boba Fett, you saw the excitement go down just a little bit. It it was like, it wasn't quite the same level of everybody rushing to see it. And then now we have this, that we have this series. uh, And so it, it has so much more competition from fans that are die-hard Star Wars fans, and the expectation is so high. It's kind of like what Pixar faces now with every movie. Well, it's not Toy Story. Well, it's not. It's not. You know, it's not Up. It's not Wally. It's, yeah. it's so. It's you can say the same thing about Marvel, right? It's we, yeah. we are we are getting a lot of that now because we're we, yeah. we've we've done this before where we've ranked our favorite Marvel and so you start going back and realizing like you have these epic favorites in your mind. It's like how is anything going to top it? I think the other thing I thought about a lot this week uh, with even with Disney was like I remember those Disney movies that. M- moved me so much in my youth and my childhood and my teenagers, even into college, you know, when I was around a lot of other college friends who just everybody loved Disney. Then I then I have that whole generation of movies that were with my kids where they were just completely blown away by a movie, which made me love it. 
because my kids love it. So now I'm in that season where, you know, when I go see these movies, it's, I'm just, there's no nostalgia necessarily for this new movie I'm seeing. And I don't have my kids' excitement necessarily. So it's like, it's got to blow you away because you don't right. have that. You don't have that kid that just loves it because it's made for them. You know what I mean? And so I think that's mm -hmm. what, the, here's this Obi-Wan coming out. And it's like, you feel this resistance uh, from a lot of people. And I, and I watched it. I'm going to agree with John David. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Then I, then I start seeing the comments that people make. And I'm, I, there are a lot of things that I could agree with that people said. I just didn't think about them the first time. I'm, I mean, as I'm going through these episodes, I'm not yeah. picking it apart. But some people are picking it apart from the credits. I mean, they are on it yeah. like they hated it before it started. I, I really think that's true. I just think they already disliked it before. They, so there was like, how how are you going to impress that? How are you, how are you going to get that beyond that? Um, expectation. I think that's one of the things they struggled with with Galaxy's Edge, uh, with all these Star Wars movies, that they've got a fan base that's going, impress me. And then they're, then they're not being impressed. There's a lot of people that are, but there's this group out there that is resist resistance to everything. You know, they just really are. <laughs> that's so interesting. I'm trying to figure it out. I, and I'm learning a lot. Like, again, I'm, I... I've always loved, I've always enjoyed Star Wars, but I have not read all the books and I, I don't know the canon of the Clone Wars and all these things that people know. And they're like, he, they just went out of canon. That's not Obi-Wan. You can't do that. He would never be like that. Like, you know, like we went through with Luke. He, Luke won't be like that. They, people have these. So it's like, what do you do? How do you, how do you, do you write for, do you write for that crowd or do you write for a crowd that's, just watching it on Disney Plus that's never really, you know, can't even tell you the first three prequels. They just know who Obi-Wan is, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's great. I think a couple of important points that you bring out is, one, I think it's really important to note, we haven't finished it yet. We're only four episodes in. For sure. So I want to wait to completely, uh, I think everyone, it would be mm -hmm. wise Let's see how this wraps up first. Yeah, right. I do. I agree with y'all on my assessment too. The second yeah. thing is that th th let's also acknowledge that the prequels have always been incredibly controversial, and in, in, in fact, um, everything other than the original three have stirred up controversies for different reasons. Right. Um, none of them have lived. I, I say none of them have lived up to the hype. They've all made billion a billion dollars. Like so, everybody's seen them, and everybody has an opinion. Um, but it, it's interesting. I have friends that, that love the prequels. I, I, it, I've kind of seen a resurgence of kind of just appreciation for the prequels in recent years that people have kind of mm -hmm. come back around and just been yeah. like, you know, they're not as bad as they once were. We'll watch them. But there, um, there's, but it's always stirred. There's a generation that went to see the prequels first. Like they kind of, That's true. they saw the first three on home video. They went to the theater mm -hmm. to see those three prequels. And so there's a yep. big nostalgia to a new generation for that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And then, yeah. No, no, that's fine. And then there's the consensus with the new trilogy that they kind of dropped the ball storytelling. There are things I love about it. I, and I think I've even, I'm on record here in the podcast of saying why I really like uh, Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens. I didn't mm -hmm. love um, The Last Jedi. I really didn't. Um, and I feel like it's miss, swing and miss was kind of responsible for the entire trilogy just not being up up the storytelling par, yet I still yeah. liked it, right? Mm -hmm. But like you said, when Marvel's knocking everything out of the park and you're looking at, wait, why, this is perfect. This is like, we couldn't do this any better over here. Mm -hmm. Why is Star Wars swinging and missing so much? And then, But then you get the Mandalorian, which gives us all incredible, a new hope Ah. You know, and, <laughs> and and that oh, here's some Star Wars things that it's not just interesting. They're new characters. They're bringing in new fans. I have friends that like I never liked Star Wars, and this is amazing. But and now I'm in. I, I, yeah. I, I think this is again. This is I do think that Mandalorian was written for fans, and it was written by fans, and you can feel it. And that was one thing I I, I appreciated about Boba Fett. I thought it also was written by fans for fans. And now maybe it didn't have the same pacing as Mandalorian did. And, 
and we didn't know as, as as you were starting that that Mandalorian and all that was going to be a big part of it too. Like that, it took all, every episode to see where it was going. So I, that's one of the reasons right. I, I still like that one. It you know it doesn't have the same pacing as like Moon Knight, which kind of is on the edge of your seat. But it's okay. Everything's everything's not exactly the same. But with this one, we go back. We don't have that same team. And we've got a different team writing this. And sometimes you can just feel the shift in, uh, you can just feel it. And I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know it as well as some people do, but you start feeling like, Oh, we're back in a different leadership on this project. Is this going to have the same feels as, as Mandalorian and Boba Fett do, or am I going to go back? Uh, you know, and I, and I think those had to feel a little bit more of a Marvel feel. Maybe than 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 some of the Star Wars, and so with this, I've, I've, I feel like we kind of lost that Marvel feel a little bit. I mm. totally agree, and actually, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I, I've rewatched the prequels recently with my kids mm-hmm. over the last few years, right? And Revenge of the Sith is an underrated movie. That's the third, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the third of the yeah. of the prequels. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the one where the five, Order sixty six takes place. But mm-hmm. what what gets me about that, and I think what's so emotional, is um, it is it, the violence is ramped up. It's a little bit more, I mean, gruesome. It's a little bit more uh, dark, right? And kind of in this, but still with that George Lucas. I'm going to say this as a term of endearment, but the bad writing of George Lucas is involved. You know, just the the corny <laughs> lines. And, and which is which is Star Wars. It's always been Star Wars, right? A little mm-hmm. bit. Just Harrison Ford's really good at delivering those corny lines, whereas maybe Hayden Christensen was not. But I feel like this Obi Wan Kenobi feels a lot like Reve- um, Revenge of the Sith Part, like the extension. It feels yeah. like that kind of acting, that kind of violence, mm-hmm. where we're we're seeing Darth Vader do things. Now, this is getting the stuff I like about it. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I, I want like I, again. This is another thing I want to point out for the framework yeah. for any listeners is this is the why I love Disney podcast. You're getting <laughs> three guys that generally like everything, and we come at it from like I'm saying. I'm like you, David. I didn't read any reviews about it before I went in, and I gener- I do like it. I did too. And I don't want the reviews to talk me out of liking it. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And you have to be really um, careful because they will. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I don't. I'm not on the. I don't love it as much as I love Bob, Boba Fett. And yet, yet, right. We're only four episodes in. Right. And and I want to hold it. But there's some really cool stuff happening in this series yeah. that it it may be slow paced so so far. But there are some things I love. Let's start talking about that. Okay. And I want, I'll yeah. kick it off with one thing. Okay. I love that the bad guys are really bad. Mm-hmm. Like really bad. They're, they're chopping people's hands off, innocent people. They're killing innocent people <laughs> at, at any whim. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're making you, they're trying to make you hate them. And mm-hmm. I don't think they've completely succeeded to the extent yet, but they're, they're getting there. And Darth Vader, I, I, there's some problems I have, but I actually have good reason. I'm, I try to, like I did with Doctor Strange, John David, mm-hmm. I try to, like, argue um, why the, the creators would do it this way. Yeah. And why, and I have some some thoughts on that, because I think we're going to go into this for a little bit. So yeah. what do you guys, what do you what do you like about the series? Yeah, yeah, I, I've been thinking, because I want to kind of talk about this. I love, well, one, the the writing it might falter at some spots but it still as a whole has felt a high quality production for me you know watching it the scenes everything like that again i I just watched the clone wars so it's it's fun to see some areas that i can kind of recognize from the clone wars uh the animated series into this uh but in a, a live action um you know scene and things like that but i just love the lightsabers i love how they haven't been afraid to let the inquisitors whip out these uh, lightsabers, and that's what separates it from any other series that we've seen so far. Because I, I mean, that's the first time we've seen live action lightsabers outside of an actual movie, um, besides like the the, the dark saber uh, in the Mandalorian. Um, so it's been really fun to see. Um, I just love. I get so geeky about. It. I don't know what what about the lightsabers that it feels so authentically Star Wars. Um, that, I, that that's what I hope to see in these later episodes is more. Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, you know, just going against each other. Um, I've really enjoyed watching that. Okay. 
I think that's a, that's a good here. I'm, I'm going to read this. Uh, uh, this is a review on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a positive. A lot of them are, are uh, that I saw are really negative, but this kind of is like what you just said, JD. It says really great show. This is a four star out of five. He says really great show, probably the best and most Star Warsy of the TV series so far. Good connection material between movie episodes three and four, as well as great for us who also watched Clone Wars and Rebels to give more to give more about Obi Wan and the years in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of similar to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think one of the things I noticed qu- quickly, I found that it was some of the, the when you mentioned the di- the dialogue. Uh, the writing, it was it was mm-hmm. the beginning. Uh, it was the beginning. It was some of the beginning scenes where the it was like, like even though I like that that they were they were they were authentically evil, like it just jumped out so fast that you're like mm-hmm. she just cut her hand off. But the, I, some, there was something. There was a little bit of a disconnect somewhere in that writing that you're like, and there was some backlash, you know, with the, with the, even with those characters that people were online about. And I think it was the writing. I think it was the lines mm. that they were saying with that action. Something didn't. Something just didn't quite fit perfectly. Yeah. That set set a lot of people off in that first episode. That you, I noticed, but I didn't hate. I just. I noticed there was something wrong, and uh, but I, I I do also notice that I felt like the Princess Leia uh, character is trying to give you that uh, Grogu kind of feel. We've got like this cute little girl that you know is it the same thing? You've kind of got and and you've got the throwback to her her dad who's been in uh, in scenes before. So you know and and it brings a a dominant female character in right from the beginning as well. So I saw some of those things they did and I, I, I kind of enjoyed her character. There were a lot, I saw a lot of things about she doesn't sound tin. She doesn't sound, uh, I mean, with a lot of things, a lot of some critiques on it, but I, I knew they were trying to give you that kind of witty princess Leia mm-hmm. cutting humor from a, from a child. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the biggest little writing flaw that they've had that I've seen the most little memes and funny clips of that I think everyone kind of notices the first time you watch it is the scene where again we're, this is a spoiler review kind of thing where Leah's Leia is getting um, trying the guys are going after her in the in the forest you know that scene where it's this ten year old girl and there's like five grown you know men creature things going after her and it's like she's 10 years old just do a light jog and pick her up but like somehow she's still escaping and then there's like a branch and they're like dang it there's a branch i can't i can't duck she, and it's just like it's it's like what like what are we doing here like why can they not get her well that that was that was kind of a silly scene i also the in one episode there's a scene where obi-wan is with her at the gate and their transport mm. vehicle has stopped and they have to get out but and the, and they're 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 about to get caught and there's this laser gate that they have to and he tries to sh- and mm-hmm. all they, they could have just run around it there's there was nothing oh, there, yeah. was, there was it, the fence doesn't continue going on and so i saw several people throw that out it was like a how did kind of like trump's border wall <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> it's just a gate run around it i mean the transport couldn't do it i mean but a person could run around it you know that was the and so it was like there are a few things like that that I think that again that that crowd that loves Star Wars so passionately they find those things and they I didn't look for, I didn't look for that information it kept popping yeah. up in social media and things like that I kept stumbling on these little memes and things I was like oh I didn't catch the gate I didn't even think about that I was kind of caught up in the moment I didn't I did notice I did I did notice that I did notice that myself that they this little girl's out running these creatures and she doesn't really she's not she's not running fast you can tell she's not running very mm-hmm. fast so there were things yeah. like that that I you know we talked about we just didn't as we watched it they were they weren't magnified in yeah. my brain, but yeah. to a lot of people, they were. And that's that's the that's some of the you know with some of the bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, they're really bringing those things out. 
It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's what people are noticing over the story. I didn't. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't notice all those things. I, when, when, when Darth Vader came out and we had the battle, I was into it. I was like, here's Darth Vader back on screen. This feels good. And then some people picked apart the, the lightsaber battle, you know, like comparing mm-hmm. it to every lightsaber battle they've seen yeah. in every episode mm-hmm. of there's every a lot of, there's a lot of com- there's a lot of comparison there when you but because again you do look at it look at the prequels Re- revenge of the sith probably the most insane lightsaber battle because they had been training for months again you read stories about that about like these crazy lightsabers and they're flinging it around like nobody's business and then you jump to you know the the new trilogy and then you've got like ray and kylo ren battling and then you go to the original trilogy and you know it's just all different uh kind of techniques and things like that one thing though that i really did like that i've never seen them do with a star wars series yet is the summary of the prequels at the the beginning of the first episode do you remember that yes that was a great idea it it was it was very well done it explained it very well i remember watching with mckay and i was like well there's there's literally the whole uh prequel trilogy right there but also it 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 tugged on my nostalgia heartstrings and got me so ready for that first episode. So I, I think that was a brilliant idea. Whoever thought, hey, let's just put a little you know, s- summary in the beginning of this and get them in the right mindset for this was a, was a brilliant idea. I and I did love, I did love, my probably my favorite scene was that um, it started with a scene literally moments after Revenge of the Sith of order 66 is there and you see the the jedi temple uh and what that looks like i just thought that was a brilliant idea and that felt really high quality to start it out uh, and really set the mood for the show uh very well i was waiting to see a little a little cut scene to grogu there running away <laughs> yeah. too <laughs> yeah and yeah. with r2d2 yeah that would have been a little, little ham fisted <laughs> and i thought yeah. i thought the sets were really good uh Aside from even that, even that the outdoor wood scene, all those things I think are good. I think out, apart from the gate, that one little moment, everything set wise really has been really impressive. And I, I, I know there, I know there are people that disagree, but I, I'm watching this going. This is this is a TV series. This is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I loved. Um, I do think when you see little glimpses of little Luke and little Leia. And little and Leia actually becomes a part of the story. Uh, when you first realize that, that's kind of cool to kind of oh, this is young Leia. She frustrated me a little bit. I feel like she needs a little more discipline in her life. Yeah. But you also mm-hmm. see her rebellious nature that will continue on till as she leads the rebellion, mm-hmm. um, and and doesn't go along with things and and just and that's kind of her 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 moxie, what she's made of, and will be the thing that that for, you know defeats the empire be a key component in that cuz she's the one that delivers the plan I, I th- of the death star but, right. but i think mm-hmm. that i think that that's a huge part of this again that i mean we've got a one thing that was critic people have been critical about is that we've got a broken obi-wan he does he's saying i'm not who i was and that bothers some people right off they don't want to see broken luke and a broken why 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 did they write it that way but I think that you know that that's what they chose to do. So you've got you've got you've got Obi Wan who is a little passive. He's kind of trying to get his his moxie going, and then she's she's a little Spitfire character, and so it she's so dominant that it's like is she cute or is she irritating? Like you have, it's like I think that's going to be a big factor for a lot of people how they perceive that character, whether they find her cute and endearing or irritating whether they they dive into this series because we haven't seen a lot from him he's just it it took him a few episodes not to be this broken guy who's working out in the desert you know just trying to make a little bit of money to to eat you know and not bathing (laughs) yeah he's laying low yeah let me ask you this there is a scene (laughs) where he tells um his uncle um when the time comes, the boy must be trained, mm-hmm. right? Right. So that suggests that, yeah, broken, you know, laying low, it's over, but he doesn't think it's over. Right. Right? Mm. He thinks Luke is the, the hope. That's a little, and then that was some a little inconsistent with, with where he was. 
but he and, and a lot of people also you know he he you know that he didn't just jump like i gotta go save her but he's also supposed to be watching luke you know so when he does go mm-hmm. now he's now he's left luke vulnerable so it's a it's yeah. a tough it's a tough spot. but i do i also like you know the there's been a consistent theme of rusty Jedi who hasn't used his power because he can't because the moment he does, they pick up Mm -hmm. the vibes of the force Mm -hmm. and he's found. So he's Mm -hmm. restrained himself for all these 10 years. So now he is again, really for the first time. Remember he goes out and digs up the lightsabers. Like he hasn't even had a lightsaber. So the rusty, that's the thing why like with that scene with Vader, um, people criticizing the lightsaber battle. This is an old man who hasn't picked up a lightsaber in 10 years. He's yeah. rusty. He's out yeah. of shape. He doesn't mm-hmm. even really his force, his use of the force. You can see he's he's wrestling with how do you do this again? Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure it all back out. He's out of practice. Mm-hmm. In addition, you would so that leads me to the thing. Why didn't Vader just annihilate him? Right? You yeah. would think that would. But we also see Vader is regaining strength. Maybe not mm-hmm. with the force so much, mm-hmm. but with you know he's physically you know in the tank being healed. From his still from his afflictions, and this is ten years later, also, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we have, but at the same time, I also think I had this, and I don't know if what you guys think that Vader is toying with Obi Wan. That Vader, I, even though I think they threw him in the fire and whatever, I, Vader, I don't think Vader thinks he's dead at all. Mm. I think he's he's toying with him and has a bigger end game in mind. Um, and if, if it is, if Vader thinks, oh, throwing him in that fire, got rid of him, then it is dumb writing. But I don't, that's why I don't think, I don't think that at all. I think there's something bigger and maybe some of the inquisitors think, oh, and Vader's just not revealed that to them. But I think Vader was taking it easy on Obi-Wan because there's something bigger going on that Vader senses, but doesn't quite know yet. And maybe it is that the proximity of Leia, you know, we know he doesn't know about Leia until Return of the Jedi, till that's revealed, till Luke reveals it and betrays his feelings, right? Right there mm-hmm. at the end. At least we think there could be another reason for that. But I, I do think that there is something to his proximity to Leia that he knows something's not right and he's got more to figure out. Vader, I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. And that we're not going to just destroy Obi-Wan right now. It's not the time. That was my take, but I'm reading into all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what do you guys think? I my way off base. I think I think that you may, you may be right. I think that that's that's a good explanation. Otherwise, it is a little bit a poor writing moment if that if you're not right. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hoping you're See, right. See, that's why I think everybody <laughs> should wait until the series is over. There's a few yeah. more episodes and see where this lands. Mm-hmm. Um, see how they tie up loose ends and where this goes from here. Because I do think if you just take it what you have so far, you could say, well, they think Obi Wan's dead. Well, that's pretty dumb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's using the force in the in the Sith temple, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or in the, you know, that base. And so um, they would know. And right. of course, Vader's there now. He knows mm-hmm. really quickly that he's not. But I think yeah. he did all along. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with your that the that lightsaber battle take that you said, Dustin, of I did see those uh, critiques of, oh, well, you know, you they nerfed Obi-Wan. No way would Obi-Wan get destroyed. And, and you're right, Dustin. It's like, okay, this is probably also, you have to remember, this is probably Darth Vader getting close to his peak, you know, the peak of his powers, you know, on the dark side and all that. And he's using his lightsaber every day. He's using his powers every day. Um, so, I, yeah, that was one of those critiques that I was like, really, like, you guys really haven't thought through this because it really does make sense. And if Obi-Wan did come out and it was a competition, then that wouldn't be correct, you know? So, yeah. I, I, well, even, even, Go ahead. No, Dave. I was going to say I, that, that I thought that what you said gave me like hope for even that that character arc of of the broken Obi Wan because when when you are when you are in your identity when you're doing that thing that you're on this earth to do you're fired up you're you're full of energy and when you suddenly if you got thrown out into the wilderness and you're told lay low watch the boy and you're just isolated all by yourself uh, you you i think you would you would be uh, a shell of what you were 
Not you would be out of yeah. shape. You would be you weren't you would be depressed because you don't. How long is this? How long am I going to do this? And mm-hmm. uh, and he thinks he thinks Vader is dead, so he's not really worrying about him. So he doesn't have that that pushing him forward. So he's just he's a miserable person. He's all alone, and uh, yeah. he's working a horrible job just to eat food and he, uh, numb to the force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he can't, completely numb to the force. He can't. He has to be numb to the force because he can't draw attention to it. He, he can't show that he's there, yeah. or they'll know where Luke is. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, my favorite scene was when he realized that Vader was still alive at the end of Episode Three. I thought mm-hmm. that was yeah. one of the best acting that, moments. That, mm-hmm. like, to me, that was a moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. this is where he he realized things aren't things are dangerous. Yeah. Again, yeah. I think that I did. Yeah. I did think that was good too. And so, yeah, that that. I'm glad we talked this through because that helped me reframe just those criticisms. I, I can totally identify with that, that what it would be like to be pulled out of your your purpose and you're just hidden away doing nothing but watching and waiting. That's a, that's yeah, a rough Go way. back and watch the opening scene of The Phantom Menace where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are going for a meeting with the Trade Federation. And they end up trying to gas them and, you know, kill them, right? That's how the, that's mm-hmm. how Phantom Menace opens. Yeah. And then all the battle droids come at them. Watch them reflect those those things with their lights, how just slick and just dominating the Jedi war. And the, the picture you have, this is the peak of Jedi power. These mm-hmm. guys are, he's young and he's nimble. And these guys, there's no battle droids, right? And then compare that to when they're being shot at by stormtroopers, in, in the hallway in episode four, and he's, you know, he's slow and he's knocking them and he's protecting Leia, but it's mm. not the same at all, right? right? It's mm. completely different. And and then and that kind of goes to, man, this guy's rusty. But, like, he's incredible. But he, he does manage to deflect <laughs> some of the uh, shots back at them because he takes them out with their own shots. Exactly. Mm. So he, th- but it, it's progressive. Right. Like, he knocks a couple of them away, and then finally he starts. I actually felt like, oh, it's coming back. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to let oh, us say, yeah. "Oh, he's getting, yeah, he's getting." It's kind of like Rocky. I did, you know, I did. To, I thought that too in that scene. I thought that, and maybe, hey, that might have been a purpose that you know he he's so distracted that he's shooting at that fence to get around it when yeah. he could have run around it, maybe or the force. I think he could have leapt over it. He could have. He could have said, "Let us through," right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he did. There's none of that yet. Yeah, maybe some yeah. of that. So, maybe some of that is part of the plan to go. Hey, he look. Look how off he is, and he's going to progress. The other thing, I think we forget. There is a scene. I want to say in a New Hope, where Ben Kenobi is known to Luke as a crazy old coot. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I definitely. He's, that's how they all crazy, see him. Crazy old Ben. In a New Hope. Crazy Ben. Yeah. Crazy old Ben. And mm-hmm. and so like that that's the evidence of him losing his mind a little bit and just being not as not as sharp and kind of um, well, a little mm-hmm. neurotic and making weird decisions. His and, his uncle would have also said that because if if yeah. if Ben was trying to bring Luke gifts and presents and things like he does in this episode, if he's trying to mm-hmm. do little things for him, he the uncle would have been saying, "Stay away from him. He's crazy. He's he's a yeah. lunatic. You don't want to." I don't. I don't want you being around that guy. So yeah, yeah absolutely. That's what you would do. So do you guys? Parent. Do you guys have any hopes or predictions for these last two episodes? I have a lot. I have a lot more hope now. I think it's gonna. I yeah. think it's gonna continue progressing. I think. I think we've hit some things that make a lot more sense to me. And uh, yeah, again, again, it's. Uh, you know, I, I, I've never, I've never done a show like like this where you know I had to watch for continuity and make. You know, I'm sure it's probably a little bit easier in a film than in a episodic show where you gotta, you know, you when you're shoot when you're editing this second episode, do you know everything that's happening in the sixth episode? I don't know. So there could be little, mm-hmm. you know, little things that you you miss and maybe, but. Uh, I think overall, I've enjoyed it. I would encourage people to watch it. Uh, my wife, you know, she didn't jump right in and say, "I want to watch that." And I, I said, you know, you, you need to watch this. You know, th- this is this yeah. is good. This is good TV. 
And I, and I think yeah. it is. So, and I, you know, again, it's yeah. part of the story. I don't want to miss it. Even if it's just okay, you know, it's still worth, it's worth my time because it's good. I think it's good. And I think it's going to yeah. get better. And I think, uh, it's a good cast and I think we just got to keep hanging in there and see where it goes. Yeah. I'm calling it now. I think there's going to be a Liam Neeson Qui-Gon cameo where he comes in as a force ghost. And it's just this moment of, of clarity for Obi-Wan. And he's like, you're Obi-Wan. Like, what are you doing? Go, go do this. I, you know, I bet it's going to be right. that, that snap. That would, yeah, that's my biggest prediction. And, and I, we also haven't really seen Hayden Christensen unless he's yeah. like all scarred up. Like, yeah. I, I think we need to recognize Hayden Christensen at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. What yeah, you did to. you guys anticipate that James Earl, James Earl Jones would be the voice again? Cause that was one of, that's another thing that's great. That's the, one yeah. of the things I went, what, what is it going to be like to hear Hayden do the, the voice? Like it, it's going to be different. Are they going to make him sound like a younger version? Is he going to impersonate James Earl Jones? What's he going to do? And so far, all mm-hmm. we've really seen him do is a few cameo uh, where he's in the in the tank where he's and then mm-hmm. he, he's we've not really seen him. He's he's been in either in makeup or he's in the suit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just so far walking around and doing I, I assume that's really him in the suit doing the doing yeah. the lightsaber but it could have been a stunt guy they could have just used a stunt guy to do that lightsaber role so i don't know I, I, yeah i think we kind of hit it i did i did love to the um haja the the jedi con man um played by um i'm mm. gonna get his name wrong mm-hmm. kumail Nan- yeah johnny yeah um, the indian actor that yeah. was in silicon valley and then was in um the eternals yeah. as well I think that guy's hilarious, and mm-hmm. I really he plays the, basically he plays the same character and everything he's in. <laughs> yeah, but I love it, and I thought that was really cool. Of course, there would be like a a Jedi huckster, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's got magnets and he's got you know he's pretending to have the Force and scamming people out of money. I thought that was kind of cool and creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too. I did too. And I again, I liked the James Earl Jones voice being back in there. That felt very nostalgic. Um, I, one thing that surprised me, and I, this is a spoiler again, I, I assume that uh, there were some care. I'll, I'll just a character that went out quickly, a character that got yep. killed quickly. That that mm-hmm. really surprised me. That uh, and I thought it was one of the mo- more interesting characters. And I I hated that that conflict is already out of the out of play because I, f- I felt like we. Well, he's a key character from the the cartoon yes and I've, yeah, I, that's I, right. I felt he's like huge. we still needed him we needed that conflict within the within the dark side that they're all kind of i mean that's what is that like the dark side they all want to be they all want to be power di- they all, it's a power struggle everybody and that's usually their undoing is that that i i want to be the number one and they instead of working together they and they you know, hurt each other by being. So I, I hated that. That's actually hated that that character went out so soon. My oldest son, the first thing he said when he got killed was, "No, that he, he kind of like that was his biggest criticism is he can't die that quick and that's yeah. that easy." Yeah, yeah, you know, because um, he's a super powerful character in all the cartoons. Right. It's like there's no way that's that's how his ending would be. Well, and I think there's the criticism too about the the character uh, the the seventh sister is it seventh or third? third. She's the seventh or third. She's Third, the yeah, third sister. Third. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that she's kind of OP, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and shouldn't be. Like, who is this person to get all this? You know, like, and I get, I love, you see her ambition and her drive. And I actually do like her as a bad guy, mm-hmm. I, I, unlike some of the reviews. But I do see, like, too quick, too easy. We need a little more depth to this, mm-hmm. right? Before mm-hmm. you just kill the guy in charge now you're in charge and then you go slaughter people and and, and again I, I do but i do like her evilness like i like her cutting off mm-hmm. innocent people's hands i love it when people's <laughs> innocent people's hands get cut off there you go and I, I, and then torturing children another thing i like in my bad guys <laughs> I'm, I'm totally oh my gosh. but 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 you but, know right, like she it, was going it's there. not it's, it's so far it's, she's been a true villain she's cutthroat she's not having mercy she's not yeah I mean, she's not following rules either. Right. She's mm-hmm. kind of like, in, in a way, kind of like Leia on the dark side, right? 
She's not following protocol or rules. She's bending them, um, being opportunistic. It's probably going to be her downfall. You kind of see that coming. Um, but this give and take relationship with Vader, um, that he's not going to put up with failure and she's not going to fail him if she can possibly do it. So there are some of those interesting things that I, that I like. Yeah, I, I, I was a little uh, – one thing that's always kind of been interesting to me is 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 the casting. I mean, I'm always – I love – it's not – it's I love all the diversity of the casting, but it's when, like, why is Obi-Wan British? You know, like, nobody and, – and why does – why and I always assumed Darth Vader had that voice because of the machine. You know, it's the 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 breathing effort gives him that big booming voice because he doesn't have that in in the fir- in the you know just before he's in the suit he's right. but you always like why why is one per- why is that guy British and then Luke has a different kind of dialect and Han Solo has a different he's got that wise New York like kind of different dif- different planets and it, but then that what that, I think that was one thing that with this with third sister she feels very much human from our planet like she feels very American to me and then mm. the other characters are like they're even scary to look at I mean the aliens it's like a how do how do they decide who <laughs> who's gonna have I mean I guess the original is because the original actor that played obi-wan in the original movie had a British accent but uh you know you're kind of like are they are they are they humans and they've just kept that British accent we had the in the original ones we had uh, Peter Cushing who was British and he had he used his but it's like but why are some people? Why are these human dialects? Why? Why? You know, I've never, never quite understood how that is explained in the canon of things. Hmm. Interesting. I've never <laughs> even thought about that. <laughs> they came from a galaxy far, far away. I guess. I guess somebody had a a British human uh, person who traveled into the galaxy yeah. and kept the accent yeah. going. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was it was enough yeah. to program C three PO to talk like that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and here's the interesting thing also too British. is that um, I saw a clip just real quick, and I know we're gonna we, we're gonna talk about some other things, and we're already at an hour. But the um, you know when James Earl Jones got the part, I he was he he said I you know I think he said he was from Mississippi, but raised up north, and uh, you know he was kind of like, and he was replacing the guy that plays. Darth Vader in the suit was Scottish and I, they showed a clip of him actually re- saying the lines and it's with a Scottish accent. And so we had another, and then they were, it was just kind of interesting how they chose uh, different voices back then and, and different characters, mm. what, what, what kind of accents they were going to have, mm. but we're still, we still got them today. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with y'all. I think there's a lot of hope for this to be a, a not just a good series, but a great series. I think we all agree that we like it, that we aren't blown away yet, but reserving room for that and and are all enjoying it as we do most things that come out on Disney+. Plus. Well, I mean, what was the last thing you really didn't like that came out? I mean, I can't think of anything that I just yeah. didn't, didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think of one. The one that disappointed me the most was Artemis Fowl because I had the okay. highest expectation because I read the books and read the books with my daughter and I was we I was expecting that, yeah. that to be great. Mm-hmm. And I feel like also previous episode I, listeners, you can go back you and have listen to, go to David's back. take on Artemis Fowl. Again, it's it's that same old that was one of those where you go, Why did you rewrite it? Why did you take something that was successful and think you're oh, we're gonna plus it? And it's like, no, it's like, it's, it's the one reason I'm very grateful they didn't get uh, Harry Potter. I'm afraid that's what would have happened was the mindset would be, we can rewrite it. And I'm that was the best thing that uh, with Warner Brothers is they let the creator make that movie. And so I wish that that had happened with Artemis Fowl. There's, there have been a few things like that, that I think you don't, don't, don't change the story that millions of people have read and love, you know, go with it. Mm-hmm. So and good stuff. Well, there, yeah. there, everything else we liked though. Yep. <laughs> that was the only one. And I liked yeah. Artemis Fowl. I didn't love it. I thought, I liked, I, I, liked, I thought the, the young guy that played Artemis Fowl did a great job. 
I thought that had it had good potential. Yeah. I felt, and I, that was another thing yeah. I felt so bad for him because I wanted him to win. I wanted to see a series. I wish they had mm. made that a series that they could have just kept going and and done the whole the whole done the whole book series. That would have been a much better choice. Mm. So if well, you hear if you're hearing that out there, wise? give it another shot. Give it another shot. <laughs> <laughs> Nice of you. Because this is the why I love Disney podcast. We That's love right. things. That's Sometimes right. we just like things. That's why I like Disney. <laughs> but we rarely ever hate things. We don't like things being expensive in the parks. We don't like overcrowded lines. Um, we don't like those things. But that comes from a place of we love Disney so much. We, we just want it to be a great experience for everybody. Yeah. Um, is there any other, before we wrap up, we're here. It's time to go. We got to go. But any yeah. other Disney news you want to... Uh, you want to cover us all this week? We may not. Not we just. I want to talk about rescue rangers, the three of us, because we haven't done that. But we'll have to do that another time. I want to talk That's about right. Disney stock price. I want to talk about. <laughs> I wondered a about, few other a few other new things. Yeah, there have been several things Shoot. like that. I would love to get your take on, and uh, so we'll have to do that the next go around, I guess. All right, next episode, come back to hear more about our takes on some Disney news. Um, and JD, JD, are, then, when are you getting back to the park? <laughs> That's a good question. I got a lot going on right now. We'll see. We'll see when we can get up there. But uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy now, uh, Cosmic Rewind, Rewind, uh, it's open to the public. If you go to Epcot right now, you can get that that pass and you can get on the ride. So I'm trying to. That's McKay. I've got to get McKay on the ride. And I, I, I want to um, know. So we'll I want to know because those first few days with the um, with the uh, what do you call it? Virtual queue. They were selling yeah. out in three seconds. Like if you got there oh, at yeah. seven a.m. and then one, oh, they said yeah. at one o'clock they were selling out. But I think it's gotten better. I think I've seen some things yeah. say that now that they're 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 adding more, they're getting more capacity. So uh, yeah, yeah. I just hope that that ride that was the one thing. It was like, oh, please don't let this be a three-hour line forever. Please <laughs> figure out yeah. how to don't build this if it's going to be a three-hour line. Because <laughs> yeah. I've got experiences. There's six other songs that I need to experience before I call it quits. So I've got a lot of writing yeah, to well, do. But what, what yeah, what song did you have? I, I had I ran. Yeah, I don't. I've not heard Which that is, being everybody's great. favorite. Though I've heard this. I liked I've it. heard Disco I mean, Inferno is really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Well, I can't wait to get down there and ride it one day. Um, I can. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But we'll live vicariously <laughs> through you until I get to. Um, but man, it's fun. Can't wait to do this again. Really quickly, we want to thank our listeners for hanging in there with us. Um, if you get a chance, write a five star review. Go over to podcast your podcast Apple Podcast app and hit five stars, and then write something you love about the podcast or something that um, that you um, have enjoyed over the the course of the last few years of this of listening with us. Um, or on Spotify, you can actually on the app on your phone you can rate us five stars. Um, I don't think it's on the desktop app, but we would love if you do that. I'm going to read one right now from Manster98. Manster98, <laughs> five-star review, says, great fun. I love that the podcast hosts are from all from different life stages. You have an empty nester, that's David, um, a man with a young family, that that's me, and a college-aged right? young man who have different likes and perspectives on everything Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. It's like walking up on a conversation you feel easy about joining. Loads of park information, movies, and series. Thank you wow, so much, Master98. Awesome. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. And we would love to read your review in our next episode. So please leave one for us. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. You can also get in touch with us. Tell us what you think about Obi-Wan Kenobi in this series. Um, you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and through our website, whyilovedisney.com. Let us know what you think. Until next time, though, guys, it's been fun. We'll see you again really soon. Thanks, guys. All righty. <laughs>